go back to at the Devil's Ball, where we try to talk about horror and horror-related films in a positive, constructive manner. Uh, I'm Samuel Numine, and joining me as always is co-host and founder of the feast nathaniel johnson how you doing man i'm doing well doing well yeah. we uh, we managed to make it we uh this is our second attempt that's great right, right? So we uh we 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 tried the other day and it didn't quite work out and yep. uh but now we're gonna we're gonna get this thing done now so yep as adam savage says failure is always an option kids always you just gotta go so, back you just gotta get yep. back to it so so uh we're continuing our little bit more than a david lynch month uh with uh, Fire Walk With Me, 1992's uh, sequel slash prequel slash sidequel to uh, Twin Peaks. Yeah. This is an early, this is a really early uh, prequel. I'm, I'm trying to think if there's any other prequels that really came before this other than like, you know, Planet of the Apes. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I think there was. Escape from Planet of the Apes, you know, I don't know if that's the same ballpark, but. Uh, uh, Indian uh, Temple of Doom. Oh yeah, Temple of Doom. But they never really talk about that in Temple of Doom. It's just it just happens to be. Yeah, it just happens to be like yeah. ten years prior. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't even think I realized that it was a prequel until I was in like middle school or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, you got to be a little older to realize it's it's also something of an origin story for Indiana Jones in the sense right. that he, uh, he's uh, he's full on Merc in, uh, in yeah. Temple of Doom. And uh, he he learns a valuable lesson in Temple of Doom about uh, yeah. about helping people instead of uh, uh, making money. So yeah, he, fortune so, and glory, kid. Fortune yeah, fortune and glory. glory, and then it turns into yeah. Then you then you look at Raiders of the Lost Ark and realize he's a hero. You know. Yep. Um, but yeah, though they were not, they certainly were not a uh, 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 a thing. A thing. Yeah. yeah. And this is you know probably a good case of a of a of a prequel. Uh, I mean, at the time it came out, I don't think Twin Peaks fans even liked it. Uh, it's gotten a lot of, I no. think, a lot of second look nowadays. But at the time, I, I don't even, I know, we'll get into it, but I, I, I didn't find much contemporaneously that was like, hey, this is awesome, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but let's uh, let's get the ball rolling since uh, we got a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you want to do the vital stats? And we'll uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so obviously this was written and directed by David Lynch. Um, he was co-written, co-written by uh, Robert Engels, um, who I don't know if he did any, what else he did. Let's. Well, he he wrote he co-wrote the finale to Twin Peaks season two. I see. Yeah, and he yeah. would go on to oh he worked with uh, Lynch on On the Air, right? Uh, Which I still haven't gotten around to watching. No, I haven't gotten around to that or Hotel Room either. They're both right. things I need to get to. Um, I think I've got them on like my laptop, but. Um, and he would go on to yeah, co-executive produce like Sequest show. Right. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, okay. So he had a he had a pretty successful career. Um, but uh, yeah, so the film stars uh, most famously, of course, um, uh, Cheryl Lee, who uh, did appear in Twin Peaks uh, a little bit as uh, as Maddie. Um, Originally, I believe cast, she was not supposed to actually appear on Twin Peaks as a real no. character, but Lynch really liked her. So he wrote the cousin character in. Um, but she gives a great performance in this film. Oh, absolutely. And, um, and then we have uh, Ray Wise as her father, Leland Palmer. Uh, we have slash, slash Bob. Slash Bob. There's, uh, there's another, there's two different performances going on there. We'll get into that. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Um, they're kind of the main ones. We got some returning uh, uh, people from the, the show. They they appear 
pretty much very briefly, like Madison Amick, Dana Ashbrook, um, Miguel Ferrer, uh, Heather Graham, and uh, of course, uh, Kyle Eric DeRay. Yep, Kyle McLaughlin and Grace Zabriskie. Yep. Um, Harry Dean Stanton, who wouldn't actually go on to be a, real, a major character on Twin Beats until the return. Right. Um, most notably, some of the more interesting little uh, things in here. Uh, David Lynch himself, of course, reprises his role as Gordon Cole. Um, we have Moira Kelly as the yeah. recast Donna Hayward. I try to say something, you know, really controversial or stupid every, every episode. And I got to say, I prefer her to uh, her, her version of uh, Donna. I, I, I will. We'll get into that. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure I, I prefer her, but I, I get what's going on there. Right. Um, but yes, they, they recast uh, uh, Lara Flynn Boyle um, into Moira Kelly to play the character of Donna Hayward. Um, and then, of course, we've got newcomer uh, Chris Isaac, who plays uh, Special Agent Chester Desmond. Uh, originally, of course, in a role that was supposed to just be more Cooper. Um, but he originally wasn't going to do the film because he was mad at Lynch. Um Again, we're, we're kind of covering some ground that we did when we did our uh, our original intro when we tried to do this a, a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, but uh, we did talk a little bit about at that time about um, I had wondered if that was something of a blowback because uh, Cheryl, Sherilyn Fenn also doesn't appear in this film. Right. Uh, and there was supposedly, I guess, some uh, animosity between Kyle McLaughlin, Sherilyn Fenn and David Lynch. Uh, for their diminished role in season two of Twin Peaks, uh, and I well, wondered... there's also there's also some feelings that you know he had you know left the show hanging, yeah. Uh, when he left, you know, left yeah. after they quote unquote solved the mystery, yeah. And yeah, but yeah, go up, sorry, go ahead. But yeah, and uh, but I also wonder if that was something of a blowback uh, uh, for um, McLaughlin and Fenn putting the kibosh on a romance between right. Cooper and uh, and uh, Audrey Horn. Some people say that uh, Laura Flynn Boyle uh, was one of the people who put the kibosh on it because her and Calvin McLaughlin were dating at the time, and she did. Oh, um, again, you know, rumor is as rumor does. Right, know. right, right. Well, Boyle would end up being known to be somewhat difficult for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and have some uh, personal problems right. that would, uh, she would ultimately overcome, I believe. But, um, mm-hmm. but uh, which also might have also been part of the reason why she wasn't in this film. Um, I, th- I think all I think all the nudity might have an issue as well. I mean, there, there that too. I mean, that's um, a, we'll get into that, but, <laughs> but a yeah. whole lot of a lot of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's basically the, the round of the cast. Of course, we got uh, Angela Badalamente once again doing the score. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he did the score for every David Lynch film. I don't think any. Just other- about. Um, I I didn't look for all of them, but yeah, this this contains my favorite of his tracks, uh, the Pink Group song, mm-hmm. which is one of the, my favorite scores ever. Uh, just that scene alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's basically our vital stats. That's uh, that's yep. the main casting crew. Um, like I said, we have. Uh, oh, I I would be remiss if I didn't uh, mention the Kiefer. Yes, uh, Kiefer doing Sutton. doing uh, kind of the same thing as he did uh, in like the Young Gun series, where he's like kind of the the dorky guy. Yeah, he's playing. He's a it's a very it's a very strange role for Kiefer, um, right. and a strange role to put Kiefer in because the guy does nothing. Um, 
Yeah. He's not an important character. Yeah, I he, think uh, I, I think as much as anybody uh, outside of like the cast of the TV show, um, I, I think he's probably done the the most disservice by the fact that you know they wrote a couple of different scripts and just kind of cobbled them together. Well, there's also and then cut a lot. Yeah, they cut a lot out. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I think Bowie does a lot of good work with you know the two seasons in, and I'm not sure how much Bowie they were going to be able to get best case scenario at the time you know yeah or even what they what they wanted from david right because um, we mentioned that you know they wrote a script where where cooper was in the whole thing then they kind of wrote a script where he was not in the whole thing and then he right. just kind of jammed them together and we'll get into the how that works and doesn't work i guess uh, as we get into it but sure Kiefer, i think i i feel like yeah he doesn't have much to do he's just kind of there to be like the doe-eyed kid, doe-eyed kid who's like doesn't know how any of this shit works yet. He knows. They suggest he's good. He's he's a, yeah. He's very oh, good at what he does. He he right. uh, he's he seems to be more like Albert in the sense that he's a uh, uh, forensics. So. Yeah, as far as job description goes. Yeah, uh, uh, maybe but thirty he years he'll be Albert. You know. But yeah, but he that they basically they imply that he hasn't hit uh, need to know right basis yet. Um, right. Where, uh, of course, the, the beginning of the film is we begin with uh, the death of Teresa Banks. Right. Um, which is, is, is something, again, I was just, I actually was just put it on right before we started uh, recording mm-hmm. just to watch a little bit of it again. Um, and, uh, and it occurred to me that I can't remember, and it's been a long time since I've watched Twin Peaks, and that's something I got to get back to. But if memory serves, there was no initial connection between Teresa Banks and Laura Palmer by the FBI's standpoint until after Laura is examined. Yes. Um, That's kind of an inconsistency. Yeah. So it would have been in the, if the original script called for Cooper to be in, to be investigating Teresa Banks, that would be a little weird. Um, That wouldn't make a lot of sense. Also, Uh, it never made sense to me that um, Bob slash, you know, Robert, uh, would be leaving these notes in the first place. You know, the the, the letters under the fingernail that spell Robert backwards. I mean, it just doesn't, it's something that never really came together, I don't think. It, like they could have just struck it all together and it wouldn't have made a difference. Well, I think, I, I, I think that there's a, I think there's a purpose to it, uh, much like a lot of things in these, like mm-hmm. what that purpose is, is a little bit out, is a little bit difficult is it difficult to get money i just feel like yeah i just feel like it's something that they put in there you know they it was in there the pilot i mean so yeah at that point if anyone had an idea who killed laura palmer nobody was saying and i don't think that anybody had an idea until they had to figure it out um so i think it was just something they put in there you know to make make hay for later basically it never it doesn't just i don't know it never sat well with me for bob's mo for him kind of being based in Twin Peaks and, you know, Fat Trout uh, Trailer Park is kind of on the other side of the mountain or something. And just, I don't know. It, they're, close, they're, they're close enough for Teresa Banks and Laura Palmer to have had a relationship. Right. They uh, also, they'd also kind of moved locations to be closer to Twin Peaks in season three. Yeah. Um, from, like I said, I feel like the beginning of this movie is kind of like, literally the other side of the mountain i mean you have this trailer park that stands in contrast to twin peaks's you know suburbia you have this 
bizarro version of the sheriff's office with the bizarro yeah. version of Andy and Lucy and you know mm-hmm. Hawk and everybody else. Um, I don't know. It's just <coughs> I think I think the first act of this is really good, but it doesn't maybe blend as well in retrospect. But yes and no. It almost feels like he's subverting you know Twin Peaks in general. Just you know the first shot is the destroying a tv i mean <laughs> yes yeah. yeah um and then they show you know the anti-twin peaks with the bad coffee and the bad people and, the, and even you know. a lo- all the all the beginning uh uh windows into the black lodge are all shown in that kind of that grainy there's a, a, a right. static over it yeah um to suggest a sense of surveillance or uh, or television right. uh presentation uh that seems to be the way cooper season mm-hmm. at that point um yes but uh but yeah i mean so so basically we get the idea is we start off with with Teresa banks's murder mm-hmm. we jump into uh they introduce agent desmond mm-hmm. um played by chris isaac who is is very different than agent cooper yeah. um and it's a it's a stark difference where cooper is a pretty friendly guy i mean yeah when he first shows up in twin peaks uh, uh he he kind of is a little bit He's authoritative, yeah. Uh, until uh, until basically until Sheriff Truman ultimately. It's actually one of my favorite little moments. It's the beginning of their relationship, uh, where Sheriff Truman says, oh, "We're just glad you're here." Yeah, like you right. know, like we're we're not prepared to deal. And with, again, with again, stark contrast, stark contrast to what we're shown, you know, with Chris Isaac's character. Um, I don't know if he's that much different than Cooper. I mean, other than you know, he's more willing to be imposing. He's more willing to. Well, that's, what I, that, that's what I mean. He's, he's right. more, much more stern. He's much more. Yeah. Uh, he still maintains this almost superhuman element of the FBI. Right. In, yeah, you can totally see why he's on the Blue Rose Task Force, as they'll yeah. later kind of unveil it to be. Yeah. So I mean, he's just a, and he, I, I could have, I could stand to deal with more Agent Desmond in general, but. And he's still he's still like the like the one big great mystery of Twin Peaks because nobody he's no. never referenced again, right? Um, even in the return, like there's no like what happened to Agent. Yeah, Adam. that that was one thing I was watching it week to week, waiting for them to say anything about was yeah. you know what happened to him. And I, what happened to Agent Desmond? Yeah, right. and they never do. No, um, he's just gone. Mm-hmm. I guess we'd have to assume he's killed, right? Um, you know, maybe there is no greater purpose like like david bowie's character who has this whole other arc that he's that david bowie isn't in um, right. you know like uh that his character ends up having was it agent jeffries mm-hmm. is his name philip and jeffries then, yeah. yeah philip jeffries and then in, in the all in like the supplementary material like mm-hmm. mark frost books it talks about him like he's like kind of jumping through time and uh he's he's on the on the road on the on track for judy uh, the the weird metaphysical evil creature that may or may not have like possessed uh, uh, Sarah Palmer. Sarah Palmer. Yeah. Um, by the way, that all comes that all comes later. That all comes in season later. three. Yeah. yeah that's all. And later. going off of this, um, I'm not sure what to make of Judy at all. I mean, that I know we said you know we're not going to talk about Judy, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. They they never really kind of. You know, she's some sort of key into this whole other realm, maybe. But 
I think out of season three, I, I think them doing the Jowde Judy thing was probably the the cheesiest, Mark Frostiest part of season three. <laughs> well, it gives a purpose. Yeah, yeah, a, a narrative purpose. But but I mean, there's a lot. There's still a lot of foreshadowing going on in that scene for a show that doesn't exist yet. Yeah, like uh, um, notably is- uh, pointing at pointing at Agent Cooper and saying, "Who do you think that is?" Right. Well, uh, I, this time when I was watching it, you know, if, if we go to the part where you know. Cooper comes in and he talks about he has this dream about he had this dream about this morning and he goes to watch the security cam footage mm. and the he goes out he looks at the security cam footage runs back in and checks it and then that part where like he's in the room checking it but at the same time he's standing in the hallway staring Got at it. the camera that's like the same exact dead eye stare that like uh, he he took out as Mister C in in season three yeah it's exact like I'm I'm like. To the point where I'm like, did they go back and George Lucas this? You yeah. Know? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. there's a there's a remarkable thing that's happened that happens here with Twin Peaks that. Uh, right. And I asked you this when we uh, we we when we kind of didn't record a couple right. of days ago about like, how much do we think David Lynch knew? Right. Uh, what what did he know and when did he know it? Yeah. And, and, yeah what was his plan? Right. Uh, did he have a plan? Um. You know, was it was was he literally writing like the idea of well then I'll, then we'll stop the show and then in twenty five years right we'll come back and uh, we'll 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 do the rest of the story. Like, yeah, the the weird know. thing about it is you know for somebody who like Lynch or or somebody like David Frost, um, Mark, Mark Frost, Mark Frost, yeah, I keep coming up with different names for him every time we talk about him. But I just yeah. called him Nick Frost last time, and now I'm calling David Frost, and uh. Uh, Nick Frost, Mr. Frost, uh, Mr. Freeze, whatever the hell his name is. Um, It's it's odd to have such a show where David Lynch, you know, goes kind of dreamy and he kind of just goes flies by the seat of his pants a lot of times and and goes with what what catches his fancy at that moment. Yeah. But for having to to actually be so consistent over the course of you know three decades. it lined up really well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of amazing. I mean, it's it's the sort of thing that you know, comic book companies can't even pull off yeah. <laughs> when they're, when they're trying. Right. Well, so, I mean, it's even like this. Like, to, to, you just reminded me, like, also, like, this is something that Stephen King couldn't pull off. Like, he tried mm-hmm. the Dark right. Towers, the Dark Towers right. series. Like, there was like fifteen years right. between books, and he 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 yeah. literally admitted he forgot. He was right. like, I wrote these books and I had notes. And then there was a there was a, a, a leak in my basement. I lost all the notes, and I'm like, right. "Dude, buy a computer." Um, <laughs> right. But uh, you but, have yeah, the money, yeah, um, and, or make copies. Yeah. But uh, but he, he uh, but yeah, he he couldn't pull it off. He was like, right. "I don't remember what the hell I was gonna do." And I'm like, uh, you know, but for for David Lynch to be able to be like, "Well, I I made this stuff," right, uh, and then to say, "Well, wait, now it's 25 years later, and we're gonna make another show." Right. And I'm and it's, still going to maintain, keep track of where I was. And, and yeah, I don't even know how you do that. Like, you know, there's, I'm sure you've went online and look, I looked at a couple of things, you know, they're about inconsistencies between like sure. the original series season three or, or the, the books that uh, daddy frost made in <laughs> um, uh, season three, you know, but it doesn't really matter. Cause I mean, they line up more than often than they don't. And it's, and, I'm just kind of 
baffled by how how, and, and how even, it works together and even despite inc- being completely different things yeah and i mean even inconsistencies can be explained away by the by the kind of protean nature of the story right and it's right. always kind of been like that like i know the end of season three they make it very clear that there are different versions of events now mm-hmm. but throughout the show and throughout uh fire walk with me they don't come out and actually say it but you can tell there's yeah there's different versions of things that are going on there's different yeah things change and it's fluid backwards and forwards in time but yeah yeah they don't it's for, for something that's yeah taken so long to get together it's kind of weird uh, but like so we we get the mystery with agent desmond we get mm-hmm. the mystery with uh well let's talk about i did want to talk about lil for a second my brother's sister's girl yeah her okay. sister's yep uh we we talked at, at length in every episode about how um, David Lynch tells you how to look at his work, yeah. <laughs> and I think this is probably the most obvious example of that. Yeah. Um, to the point where he's like, you know, oh, what about the blue rose? And they're basically like, it's not important. <laughs> Don't worry about it. You'll well, figure it out when you get to it. I can't tell you about this. Right. Yeah. Uh, I can't. You know, I can't tell you about that. But when you see it, you'll know. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, it's kind of a meta scene before meta was a thing where, the, you know, director Cole, a.k.a. David Lynch, is setting up this little one scene movie for Agent Desmond yeah. where he explains how to watch Twin Peaks. <laughs> it's just, what? Yeah. Yeah, we get through that. So we get through the, the opening, which is ultimately, uh, and then we, we get the ring for the first yeah. time. The ring is introduced. Um and the menagerie of characters that exist within Black Lodge, many of which make their first appearance here. Yeah, the uh, film. the woodsmen's, uh, the the black yeah. woodsman, the uh, the white woodsman who who looks like uh, who just looks like Big Ed in a, in, <laughs> in yeah. a beard, even though it's not the same guy. I, I don't know. It always looks like him in a beard. Uh, we've got the the jumping man. Uh, yeah, they call him. Uh, we've got. We've got the monkey. <laughs> We've got the monkey that says Judy. Yeah, and the kid, uh, the the monkey might also be the kid, and the kid and the kid and the old lady both appeared in the show prior. And the kid is also kind of the jumping man as well. He's got a similar kind of face, especially when he has the mask later. Yeah, um, and you know has the has the branch that he's holding. He's kind of. I saw one thing saying, and I tried not to go too much into you know fan theories and whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. Because David Lynch, especially if you want to have fun with David Lynch, you shouldn't read other people's opinions. You should just see what it means to you. I, I think the other people's um, opinions are useful. I, I would be useful yeah. in comparison to your own, but you got to take them with a grain of salt. You know? Yeah, but I saw somebody saying that he was like a, a representation of the ring itself. Which, mm-hmm. you know, I guess maybe. I don't know. I guess. I mean, I, yeah. I don't even fully understand. That theory is as much as good as any that I could think of, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's bad. I'm not even entirely certain what the ring is um, or what it means. Um, well, yeah, let's talk. Let's. So we, we show the ring. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, I, I never quite, I feel like it serves a couple of different purposes. I, I feel like it's a kind of a doorway. Sure. Um, much like the, uh, Glastonbury Grove or you know the little circle of candles or the little grove of trees with the black tar in the middle right but it also seems to 
serve as a marker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the ring belongs to the arm. Yeah. Not Bob. And if you wear the ring, then you're apparently your Garmin Bosia, your pain and suffering belongs to the arm instead of Bob. Okay. Does that sound about right? I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. But you have, you know, within the text of the story, you have Mike going to try to get the ring to Laura. Yes. You've got um, Cooper saying, don't take the ring. Yes. You've got Bob trying to possess Laura. And you've got the arm also trying to get the ring to Laura. Yeah. It's very, it's very confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 30 years later, I'm still not sure what to make of all of it. Uh, yeah. Every time I watch it, especially if I watch it with Jed, you know, we'll, we'll have a long discussion before we realize that we still don't know. <laughs> no, no. I, no yeah, I mean, I mean, I know that in, in the book, or for us book, uh, it, it traces back, they talk about Lewis Clark. Right. And, uh, and, and they said they got it from a race of uh, the, they got it from some Native Americans who said they got it from like a race of giants. Yeah. Um, that's somebody we never saw in this. We never saw the giant. You never, no, there's no giant in uh, in Firewalk. Then again, there's no there's no good representations of yeah. The there are no at all. Yeah, there are no good guys in in, in Firewalk with me. No. In the deleted scenes, um, uh, the log lady shows up and talks to Laura for for a moment. Oh yeah. That's as close as we get. What does the log lady say? I've never seen those. Um. First of all, if you haven't seen the, there's a there's a couple of fan edits out there that put all the missing pieces back in. Yeah, go find them by any means necessary. It's a lot of fun and it really fills in a lot of gaps. And I want to get back to that a little bit later. Let me see if I can find out. Uh, she says to Laura, and this is right before she goes to the roadhouse. She's going into the roadhouse at this point, uh, where she meets up with uh, the the two Canadians, including the guy that looks like the dude from Nickelback, and you know. Look at this photograph. <laughs> right. Uh, she says, uh, when this kind of she first of all, she stops her, she puts her hand on her head like she's feeling for a fever on Laura's head while she's holding the log with the other hand. Sure. And she says, When this kind of fire starts, it is very hard to put out. The tender bows of innocence burn first, then the wind rises, and then all goodness is in jeopardy. Okay. You know, so. For what it's worth, I don't know. The log lady. Yeah, because I will say that, um, especially going forward into season three, um, watching the missing pieces for this show and then watching um, the fan edit that kind of tries to put them all back in where they think they go, mm-hmm. um, there's some things that pay off in season three that were cut from the movie. I'm sure. <laughs> um, I would have no doubt. Yeah. The the only. The only real Andy and Lucy scene we get in the missing pieces is where um, Lucy's talking to uh, Sheriff Truman and Andy in the interrogation room over the intercom and Truman leaves and goes up to see Lucy and she freaks out because she doesn't know how phones work. Right. That was a big thing in season three. Um, Like you did a payoff for a joke that wasn't in the movie. (laughs) Although by this point the missing pieces were out there for everybody to see, I mean, yes, yeah, the 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 uh, Blu-ray that was released right before the return came out right. had all. I think it. I think it. I think it. 
might have been 2014 or so when they actually put those put those out there in one of the one of the dvds the, the first one the gold right. edition came yeah. out first and right. uh and then uh but right before but that was dvd right and there's uh, another deleted scene where andy's talking about um the drug mule who's coming from canada who ends up meeting bobby um and the one that bobby he, kills yeah. yeah the one that bobby kills and you know it turns out he only had baby laxative ah funny mm-hmm. sucks to be you bobby yeah um but he talks about, he tells Truman that he's, you know, oh, he's coming from Canada and he's walking. And Truman's like, okay. And then Andy kind of stares off into space for like an Andy amount of time. <laughs> and Truman's like, are you thinking about how there's a lot of trails to cover? And then Andy's like, no, I was just thinking about how long you had to walk. Yeah. But there's this the scene where uh, Bobby's in season three. Um, he's talking about the drug smugglers coming down from Canada and he's like, because they're like, oh, how are you doing with that? He's like, well, there's a lot of trails to cover. Mm. And it's like, okay, there's another callback to a scene that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and and Bobby's another character who has like nothing to do in this movie. No. Um, none of them really do. None of the main, main cast members besides uh, Donna and uh, and, uh, yeah. and Laura. Uh, right. And and the Palmers. <laughs> and even then Sarah Palmer has like one scene. Because you know, Twin Peaks doesn't really get to be an interesting town full of interesting characters until after uh, she dies, basically. I mean true. Uh, it is what it is. So yeah. Um there's a lot of James in this, which whatever. <laughs> I mean, not do you much. like James or do you not like James? I I I think I like James up until like the weird like like going on a mission to find himself oh that yeah well nobody well, talks about that part, yeah so. i think like, i liked james uh mm-hmm. in that uh and i think i think that he's in, in this film in particular i think that james is quite moving um that uh that laura as a symbol of, of something that laura sees as something that she could have in a different life um because it, twin peaks the way I look at Twin Peaks and the way I look at uh, at least the first two seasons right. and Fire Walk With Me is it's a story about love right? Uh, first and weird cosmic horror second. Um, and uh, so, I mean, in this film in particular, taking this film by itself, mm-hmm. um, it's a very much about love. Where and, and it's something that that uh, who Laura loves and why is so integral mm. to this movie's momentum. Um, See, I, I feel like by the time we get to meet her in this, like it's already too late for 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 love. It feels like obviously she's using Bobby to you know move product so she can keep up with her hectic schedule of you know being on cocaine, right? <laughs> Which. It, it, the amount of shit that she gets done in a day, I guess, uh, no surprise yeah. that, that she has to snort a little bit here and there. Yeah. And then James is kind of like maybe the one she was meant to be with or the one that was right for her, but she's too far gone by this. Point, I think. To, well, that's that's my point. Right. Is that Laura um, knows it's too late at this point. I mean, this is right. this is this is the last days of a girl. This is a girl who's about to give up. This is a girl who's about to commit suicide. Is what we're ultimately right. looking at. Um, 
because for whatever reason, Laura has managed to keep Bob at bay. And there's been plenty of insinuation, particularly in season three, but also in previous seasons that Laura was sort of special. Um, both, uh, both in the mundane and the fantastic that she might've been some sort of angel or right. some sort of angelic being, but also like, she actually was like this, like bright center of the universe. Right. Uh, socially that has been tarnished by this really horrific, uh, uh, force, which could just be called life. Yeah. Um, and uh but so uh, to me this idea because it, it, it's specific what who laura tells mm-hmm. who laura says i love you to in this movie right is incredibly important she tells donna she loves her right um in a way and of course and by the time she says it it's saying goodbye but same thing with james yeah by the time she tells james she loves him she's saying goodbye um but um and she never tells she doesn't say tell bobby that she loves him because she never did um, but, uh, and, and she never says it to her father, but be, because by now it's too late to say it to her father, Right. but it's in there. You can tell like yeah. part of what, part of what makes the, the, the true horror of the story happen is how much she loves her father. Um, but, uh, to me, that's, that's such a big point is that whatever hope is left is being extinguished. Right. But it's a story. Base. But it's a story about love, where she's still holding on to these last minutes, and to a degree, she is making an effort. Part of what I think makes her give up mm-hmm. is that James and Donna, in particular, are being hurt. Right. And um, she can she can handle the suffering herself, but I think when it comes to like allowing her these people that she loves who are pure right well that is not that is more pure um i don't know james maybe, is- maybe at this point maybe at this point she's still pretty pure but yeah you, you see donna trying to you know keep up with sarah yeah. and try to be like sarah and unfortunately in twin peaks you know season one and two i think she she becomes too much like 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 laura um yeah yeah i over mean the and, course and- of that but you see her trying to get, you know, different trying story. to be like Laura. Um, yeah. And that's when, you know, she really, Laura really freaks out is, yeah. know, don't wear my things, Donna. Oof. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't be like me. Right. Um, and that's what I mean is that it, it's to me that the story is rooted in that, that love. Um, it, it's the idea that Laura um, truly loves these people and, uh, um, and won't allow them to be degraded. Uh, uh, to uh, degrade it. Won't allow them to be degraded. Won't allow them to right. to, to suffer. Um, and it's I kind of feel like it, this is, you know, kind of. I don't know if it's canon even amongst the the, the canon of canons. Um, I had recently re- uh, re-listened to the Secret Diary of Laura Palmer, mm. and. First of all, that is not a very uplifting book. <laughs> no, much like much much like this is not a very you know feel good hit of the summer movie. No, um, but there's a part in it where um, she gets a horse for her birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, she thinks uh, Leland got it for her for like I don't know her tenth birthday or eighth birthday, whatever. Um, 
later she finds out that uh, Ben Horn had bought it and gave it to her through through Leland. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of back and forth in the in the in the diary of Laura Palmer where you know Bob's visiting her, Bob's telling her she's dirty, Bob's you know telling her she's unworthy of love. It's it's all the kind of things that you know abused sadly in real life abused yeah. children go through where you'll never be clean you'll never be good enough you you know you're you're yeah. a filthy little animal and you deserve what you get yeah um heartbreaking stuff even in even in the book um but my point is um she gets to a point where she she starts to believe what bob has been telling her about her not being worthy her not being you know good and she decides she can't have this horse because she'll only hurt this horse. Right. Um, and she, you know, this is after, you know, she spent a couple of weeks not visiting, not taking it for rides, even though it's up in a stable, it's getting taken care of. Yeah. Um, but she lets the horse go and, you know, swats it on the ass to, to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And they find the horse a few days later, of course, malnourished with a broken leg and they have to put it down and she feels right. off. Yeah. Um, but watching it this time, watching Fire Walk with me, I'm like, is James the horse in this situation? It it certainly seems like it. Yeah. The way it plays out in, in the in the movie. Yeah. Like, and he's so, so like I was just kind of laughing at myself because I'm like, James is a horse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah, and I think, well, I think that's absolutely the case. Yeah. She's, she's telling um and, and the thing is, I think again, contextually within this story, uh, she she thinks she can drive James away to protect right. him. Right. Uh, Donna, she kind of tries yeah. to distance herself from Donna. She brings Donna with her to the roadhouse. She lets Donna get involved until she comes to her senses and realizes what's going to happen to Donna. And well, Did she bring her to the roadhouse? Because I feel like she went to the roadhouse and then Donna showed up. Yeah, Donna. Well, Donna, Donna. But she had told her where up. she was going. Yeah, so Donna, I mean, Donna had showed up at the house and said, right. hey, can you give me a drink? You right. know, um, yeah clearly and had shown interest being like what what this, i right. want to share this with you whatever it is you're doing right. and and laura allows her to do it um at the roadhouse until she it becomes it becomes very very apparent to her what's going to happen to Donna. right and uh but i think that the after the point where she let her drink a drink that was obviously been tampered with by the way (laughs) yes but that's my point is that she's she's trying to let donna go Mm. uh much like she tries with james she she wants she's like i'm gonna wash my hands of donna and uh which is again a a very suicidal thing to do it's like i'm going to cut this person off um, until she realizes that she can't and that, that, that all adds up to the same thing. Like why she tries to let James go. It's all about the idea that Laura is, 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 is the one thing she's not willing to put up with is the idea that her, that she might hurt other people. Right. Uh, herself is fair game. Yeah. She'll, she'll, she'll suffer all she, all she wants. Uh, but to allow Donna or James to be hurt, through connection with her also she says it to um what's his name the shut in there the character uh, harold. harold harold the character the character the character nobody ever needed um right. you know hides the diary um she even says that to i think to him directly mm-hmm. being like you'll yeah. be safe bob doesn't know who you are right um you know you will never you, you can be safe bob never had to kill him because donna went and killed him <laughs> sure did he die i can't remember <laughs> he killed himself after Sorry. donna um basically 
tricked him and you know oh, yeah. titillated him into what she wanted. And that's kind of the point where I'm like, you know what, I'm done with you, Donna. You're, <laughs> you're a jackass. Um, the the other thing is, you know, this this movie shows, you know, once again that you know, much like in the first season of the show and the second season of the show, i.e., I, everything before the return, mm. where Laura is the town. You know, she's the tulpa of the whole town, basically. Sure. Um, and really of David Lynch's, you know, longstanding tradition of, you know, showing two sides to Americana, um, both the the picket fence and the, and the bugs underneath the surface. Well, Jesus, Cooper, you're describing, you're describing yeah. 90% of the whip teenage girls, uh, in, girls in America. There, there could never be too much, you know, albert for my for my tastes and there's certainly not enough in this <laughs> yeah but i mean that's the thing is as cooper describes she's like she's pretty she's blonde prom queen right yeah uh you know she she's sexually active, sexually active and she and does drugs. drugs and he's like jesus christ cooper describing 90 percent of the teenage girls <laughs> right um you know and so yeah i mean there's a, there's a, a certainly i think a, a point lynch is making about youth in america yeah is, and let's you know, and of so, course, and of course, that's a point in in the, the funeral scene of, of Twin Peaks, Laura Palmer's funeral, where Bobby freaks out in the middle of it and points. She's right. like, "You hated all of you." Right. Um, you know, we all knew she was in trouble, and we did nothing. We did nothing, right? Which I think is a good segue into like you know going into Laura's terrifying home life. Let's say, I mean, okay. Um, so I feel like that's a good way to segue into you know the Palmer's terrifying home life because I I can't stress this enough. Um, if if you've ever dealt with abuse or anything like that, um, one of the worst things in the world is the feeling that you're not safe at home. Yeah. And this movie, there's this probably the least safe place in the world is her home in this movie. And that's including, you know, that shady fucking bar over the Canadian border where everybody's fucking in the middle of the floor. Yeah, she's safer. <laughs> she's, she's ironically, she's, she's technically even safer in, right. in Jacques' cabin. Yeah, with, I mean, with you know, Jacques and Leo Johnson, two of the scummiest individuals yeah. ever walked the earth, right. she's actually safer there. Um, and in fact, they, they, the fact that uh, she was safe there until they left her tied up, right? Um, yeah, um, it, yeah. So it's it remarkable. Yeah, yeah, remarkable that Leo that Leo Johnson is the safer Jacques person to be around. Are the safer people to be around than her right. own parents? Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean that's where this becomes uh less of a horror adjacent film and just a straight up horror film because they're yeah the dinner scene where she, where she doesn't wash her hands yeah that's one of the most tense scenes i've ever seen i don't know about you but that's it's a pretty good that's a pretty up, one when we were watching it uh this last week you know i'd i'd remark to jen i'm like maybe she should go hang out at the texas chainsaw massacre house because their dinners are less upsetting <laughs> than this yeah uh yeah. Well, and it's and it's the idea that and, and not only uh, I, we talked a little bit about this um, uh, uh, when we we again I keep saying when we didn't record it right. um, that uh, the 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 true horror of what happens to Laura mm -hmm. didn't quite hit me even though I was aware of it uh, right. uh, textually. Um, right. Uh, until this viewing when I watched it and just sort yeah. of realized just how horrifying this whole scenario is. Right. Whereas it's not even, and, and you mentioned like, well, you know, incest rape and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, just the idea of like 
she's and like i said like the what i got this time around was the idea of how much this is about love and mm-hmm. the idea that she clearly loves her father dearly right and, and her that, mother and, yeah but my but the point but her mother's not hurting well we'll, we'll get into that yeah but leland <laughs> but she's she's not only she's not only being 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 assaulted by uh her father which she finds out in one of the mm-hmm. more uh, probably my my favorite perf- uh, performance piece by Cheryl Lee in this film is when she comes out of the house. Oh, absolutely! And, and sees Leland come out and has that horrifying, "Oh God, no!" Yeah. Like where she's like, "This guy's been raped. That Bob is is my father, and my father has been having me since I was twelve. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, and to realize that that it was her that it's her father, but right. also to be the idea of like not only to be killed." but be killed by the person that you love most, the person that you trusted the most. Right. That's the face that's looking at you as you die. Like yeah. that's, a, that's, that is, is a deeply distressing. Yeah. It's very, concept. it's as dark as anything I could think of. I mean, yeah, it's just, and it, it's yeah. such a, it's, it's such, and like I said, it, it had never really hit me until this time. What and, didn't really hit me about the whole situation until this time is, um, how much uh, I want to word this correctly because I think it's important. How much culpability Leland Palmer has in this situation? Because that's, that's another good point, yeah. Um, and Sarah Palmer as well, because she had to have known something was going on. You could tell she knows something is wrong. Uh, what did she know? When did she know it? But anyways, Le- Leland's culpability I never really picked up on as much as I did this time because they make it really obvious that Bob can't take you unless you let him. Mm. And that's the whole reason Laura dies is because she won't let him take her right over. So at some point Leland had to give himself over to Bob. And I don't know if he's, you know, in charge of it at all, all times, but at some point he had to open that door. Yeah. But what Um, I think, I don't think he opened it thinking it would be Laura. Maybe not. I think that's, I think that's, that's what I got from it. I think, I, I think, Twin Peaks fans in general, myself included, you know, try to give because Ray Wise is an excellent actor. Mm-hmm. Leland Palmer, when he's not Bob, is is a great, fun, awesome character with a lot of range. Goes through a lot of shit in the first, yeah. you know, season. Um, really likable. Uh, so we try to kind of give Leland a pass, I think, you know, subconsciously, saying, "Well, it's not him; it's Bob." Mm. Well, it's 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 also him. Uh, yes, I, I, it yeah. is, but not like I said, but not when it came to war. Maybe I think I um, think because I, think... I, I feel like with um, like when he's talking to Teresa Banks about setting up, you know, right. a three way, and he's you know he, I can't remember if it was in the film version or if it was in the extended version that I watched, but he mentions that, oh, you look just like my daughter. Yeah, and he doesn't. He sounds like Leland at that point. He doesn't really turn into Bob until with Teresa Banks. Yeah. Until she tries to push him. And then the Bob comes out. Well, at the very least, I don't know. I don't, like, I, at the very least, yeah. I, I feel fairly certain Leland did not know he had been, his body had been being used to rape Laura. Whether or not he subconsciously was sexually attracted to his daughter is something else entirely. Right. But I, I, but the way that he responds in this, in just in this film, 
Yeah. Uh, when it, when he starts to become aware of certain right. things. Oh, he definitely compartmentalized so, it. It's, I just so distra- it's so distressing right. to him. Um, right. And he doesn't quite understand why. Like, there's the scene where he, he bursts into tears. Right. Uh, and Sarah says, what's, you know, what's going on? And he's like, right. I don't really know. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he doesn't quite understand. And like I said, in, uh, also in to, to go back to the show, mm-hmm. when it's revealed uh, to Cooper and, and uh, at all that uh, right. that Leland and Bob are one of the same. Leland's, Leland's response is, is uh, again, deeply remorseful and deeply upset because he, he's just realizing fully right. that he murdered so his daughter. That's, that's the key, I think, that he realizes fully. Yeah, I don't think um, he's quite aware. No, I don't think he's one hundred percent aware. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out, you know, where the line is, I guess, between the two of them. Because I feel like he has culpability in this. I um, do. I, I would agree with that. I still think he's a victim. Oh, dude, you could be a victim and a victimizer. There's no yeah. doubt about it. He's yeah. a victim. He's a victim. Laura's a victim. Yeah. Uh, Sarah's a victim. Sarah's. Sarah gets a raw deal. Any version of this, 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 this. Yeah. Universe. Um, uh, she's a victim. Um, but yeah, I feel like Beeks is kind of full of victims. But yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the. Uh, but I think with Leland in particular, I, I feel like he's more of a victim than than, than victimizer. Because even back in you know even uh, even back in even forward, in the only scene he's really in in season three, he says, he's "I didn't in... kill anyone." Yeah. Um, and you can tell it's it's the sad Leland, it's the it's the aware Leland saying it. Um, and we could debate whether he's speaking that he's not responsible, or if he's speaking because they undo her death and make her disappear instead. Yeah. Neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, it's it's it just never really occurred to me how much you know fucked up it is that we kind of want to root for the bad guy in this situation sometimes. Uh, well, yes, and yes, and that's very true. Um, and that's and that's a good point when it comes to, to fictional analysis. Is right. do, and, and we do it in real life. Uh, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, in the news, not to, go, not to go too topical, but I mean, like Joss Whedon, you know, right. lately it, there's a whole bunch of abuse allegations being thrown at Joss Whedon. And a lot of people's, uh, you know, people want to defend it. People want yeah. to defend Woody Allen. They want to defend... Right. You know, and and, uh, and it's because they're they they they're heroes. Yeah, they see themselves um, in it. You invest yourself into the things you like. Yeah, and you know, to a certain extent, we all kind of identify ourselves by the things we like. Yeah. Um, I try to make a conscious point of doing that as little as possible, but even I do it. You know, it's like, oh, I like I like horror movies. If somebody says shit about horror movies, my first reaction is like, fuck you, buddy. You yeah. Know? yeah. Horror movies are awesome. You're an asshole. Right. So yeah, it's a, it's a natural thing. Um, yeah, but I I do think contextually, I mean, like uh, one of the things that I noticed this time was also like the relationship between Linda Palmer and Teresa Banks. That's not Bob. No, that's, um, Leland that's him getting some side piece. Yeah, and uh, with a seventeen-year-old girl. Right. Leland is 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 go quote unquote going on business trips right. and having sex with a seventeen-year-old prostitute. Right. Um. So yeah, he, he sure as shit not a uh, not a good guy. You ain't no nice guy. Yeah, you ain't no nice guy. I mean, he's doing something. <laughs> yeah, that, he's doing something that you know Roman Polanski fled the country to to avoid <laughs> right uh, prosecution on. Um, yeah. But um, 
but yeah, but I mean, when it comes to Laura, I don't think maybe there, like I said, maybe there is a subconscious idea that he wants to, wants to do something to Laura, but I don't think that he, that at any given point, did he like, uh, because again, like you said, he, he has to party with the girlfriends mm-hmm. when he sees one of them is Laura, he bails. Right. Um, and that's not Bob. Bob right. wouldn't, Bob wouldn't have bailed on that. Uh, uh, he, he might have because he would, you know, wouldn't he, be able he to control to, the situation. And he wants to, yeah, and he wants to, you know, doesn't want to blow his cover. But, right. um, but that's definitely Leland reacting there. But yeah, it's definitely Leland reacting where he's like, that's my daughter and I can't do this. Right. Um, and um, probably for, for largely the same reason, he can't blow his cover. Yeah. Um, you know, he can't walk into a, to a four way with his daughter and then he has to explain that to his daughter and his wife and everybody else. Right. Um, but I think it's more like it's just the shock of understanding who his daughter is. But the thing is, I don't think Bob lets him remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably not. Not not that he saw his daughter there. I think he yeah. just I think he just remembers it as he got spooked because he saw a girl that looked like his daughter. Yeah. Or when the jig would be up. Yeah. The jig would be up at that point for Bob in, in Leland's mind. He would know too much. Yeah. Um, and that's what I mean is Bob has has all the control. And to your point of the idea of the, the Leland has to let him in, but didn't they imply that Leland let him in when he was 10? They implied that he met him. I don't know if they we really established when he let him in. Yeah. You um, want to play with matches, little boy. You want to play with Bob. Right. Yeah. Right. But I mean, the, this, and this, the whole thing with the ring is basically, you know, who owns who. Um, yeah. You know, as far as this is my idea of how the ending goes, um, that, you know, she, she takes the ring, she puts it on because, the only other option at that point is Bob takes her over. Yeah. Bob becomes her, lifts her mouth, and she, she's screwed either way. She knows that. Um, but because she's wearing the ring, now she belongs to Mike slash the arm. Mm-hmm. And not and Bob can't have her. Right. Bob, she's marked. She's she's marked for this other person now. That's yeah. why he has to kill her. Um, so that's why I kind of feel like you have to let Bob in. I mean, it's like you know, like a vampire, I guess, in a way. Yeah, but I think, uh, but I, my point would be, I, I, I think Leland was conditioned. At oh, definitely. Least, to definitely. want to want to let him in. Right. Um, you know, Bob is obviously I, as as she was being conditioned since she yes. was, you know, yeah, a, exactly. a tween. Exactly. Bob, Bob had been trying to, to, to probably using a very, very different tactic. Again, a very uh, yeah. gender uh, gender oriented. Uh, you know, where you probably whispered, uh, you know, visions of power to Leland, right? Uh, mm-hmm. versus uh, negging, yeah, for uh, for Laura. Um, you know, your dirt, no man will want you, but I do, versus yeah. Leland, where every woman will want you, yeah, because you're me. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bob, what the fuck is Bob? Uh, yeah, I don't know, it's definitely, I mean. He's he's an entity. We know was that. Was he was he human at one point? Do you think was he? No. Uh, no, you don't think so. I, I feel like both him. Well, maybe just him. Um, if we go forward to season three, um, which again isn't canon at this point, but you know, let's let what the hell? <laughs> Why not? Um, you know, Jowdy slash Judy was kind of brought into this world by the atomic blast. Um, yeah. or it created a fissure that she could come into this world one way or the other. Yeah. Um, 
There's some entity you, called. You see, I, I looked it up. It, yeah. it, it, I looked it up. So basically, like wow. none of it's so, clear. <laughs> no. So, but basically, like, the, the atomic blast happens. Right. Some being called the experiment. Right. Vomits up a bunch of shit. A bunch of carbon bosia, and, and you see Bob, Bob in, is there. in there. Yeah. Right. And so the people, the, the girl, woman in the White Lodge, who has a name right. as well, but I don't remember what the name. Uh, Senorita Dido or Dido, I yeah, think it is. Yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't uh, matter. Yeah, and so she barfs up Laura. Right. And um, and so we get the idea that like good and evil is like Pandora's box kind of deal, right. um, where Laura is the hope at the bottom of the box. Right. Um, there's a there's a literary reference for you. Uh, in our Twin Peaks episode. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah. So, so, but like, yeah. So I he's guess a Bob, malevolent, he's a malevolent spirit. Yeah. So uh, I guess you would say Bob is a demon. I, uh, and we never really talked. We, yeah. We've talked a little bit about like throughout the last month, we've talked about like the man behind Winkies. Right. And, uh, uh, and uh, the powder face man and right. um, uh, uh, the phantom. Yeah, he's not a he's not a force. He's the consciousness. Yeah, and I think that's important to point out. Like, if we're trying to figure out what he is, he's not the personification of evil, per se. He's he's an evil entity. He seems to be evil to the evil entities. Like he, yeah, doesn't seem to get along with well, the other. That's that's the thing because I, as far as I can tell, this is the only true black lodge entity that we've seen in the entire series mm. um, because uh, the man from another place is mike's arm <laughs> yeah <laughs> he i mean that and, and if you go back to when we learned about mike yeah he was a he was a magician who was trying to get you know between the two worlds mm-hmm. um he he teamed up with bob bob was his familiar mm. um and then you know, to to quote him directly, then I saw the face of God and I cut cut the arm off, basically. Yeah. And the arm became the man from another place. Okay. So he wasn't his own thing before that, really. No. That I could tell. But he represents... He, it's, he's the authority over there. Right. He's an authoritative mm, thing. He has power. Yeah. Um, he works with... He still works with Bob. Yeah. Um, they show them, you know, creeping along together throughout the rooms. And, you know, when, when they're in the season two finale, when they're chasing, you know, they're all chasing Cooper around like it's a Betty Hill routine. Mm-hmm. Um, they work together, but they're not, they're still in competition with one another for the Garbage Bosia, mm. as far as I could tell. Okay. Because uh, the ending, you know, is, is she was marked. Yeah. Um, Leland goes back into the lodge and does his levitation act and whatever. And the arm slash the man from another place is, you know, I want all my Garmin Bosia. Yeah. And Bob's like, God damn it. And he, and he yeah. gives it to him. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think they both, they both work for the black lodge, but you know, they seem to be in competition, at least in this. this yeah. Case. So there's no, there's no, uh, cause, cause Mike's not, actually no, helping no. the arm in this. That's 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 part of the thing that confuses me is because Mike's always been shown as one of the good characters, and in this, it's less clear. Mm. Well, he certainly, he sees, mm-hmm. I, I think Mike. I mean, I think we get an idea that Mike wants to save Laura. I think he does a shitty job at it. 
Um, well, but he, we also, well, let's, let's talk about doing a shitty job saving Laura. Because <laughs> yeah. this is the good ending for Twin Peaks, guys. This is... <laughs> This is if you yeah. did everything right in the dialogue trees. This is the ending you get at the vi- at the end of the video game. That's the good one. Yeah. Um, season two's ending is, is a great ending, I think, for a show and a season. Yeah. Um, it leaves the door open, but it's also kind of final. It could be seen as a final, even if you know Firewalk with me wasn't made. Mm. Um, Cooper goes into the lodge with less than a pure heart or a clear heart or whatever. I can't remember how Hawk described what happens, you know, if you're not ready for the lodge. Um, and he gets overtaken to by bad Cooper, yeah. Bob or yeah. Um, and then this uh, you see good coops at the lodge with Laura. Um, the angel that is there to save Laura finally finally arrives like it did for Ronette Pulaski. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, you know, crying tears of joy. Uh, that's yeah. a pretty good ending for Laura. That's the best ending you can hope for, for her. Well, she's done. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's the idea that Laura, and also um, I, again, to, to talk about like love, uh, right. I think there's a certain, insinu- a certain insinuation that Laura, gives her life for Renette as well. I think that there's something to that idea. Could be, uh, could be. That Renette, that uh, Renette, Renette prays uh, right. when she believes she's going to die and the angel shows up and gives Renette the... Uh, Speaking of another heartbreaking performance, that one gets me every time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and for, for an actress that um, was in like two minutes of stuff in Twin Peaks, right. um, you know, it was... But yeah, I, but I mean, I think that again, there's another situation of Laura giving of herself mm-hmm. for others, right? Um, that ultimately, and, and that so to to a degree, you could look at this as a complete tragedy. You can also mm-hmm. look at this as 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 a happy ending. Uh, right. Almost, I I, I hesitate. I'm not I, okay. I'm going to say it, and I'm going to mm-hmm. hate myself for saying it, but Christ-like. Yeah, uh, I mean, a little bit. You know, there's a martyrdom. Going right on. there, there's a scene in the deleted scenes where she's at. Uh, Donna's house and Doc Hayward, you know, is talking to her. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, he gives he hands her a note that's basically saying what the ending of the film is. Um, he's I can't I didn't write it down. I wish I had. Mm. He's basically, you know, you know, you'll see the angels, and when you see the one that come that's meant for you, you will weep with joy. Mm. And that's you know, if you go back to earlier when they're talking about you know oh if you're falling through space we just go faster and faster or we slow down and you know faster and faster yeah right and laura's like not even the angels will be able to save you <laughs> and then at the end you know she she gets her angel yeah uh, she also gets kind of a i don't know would you consider cooper to be kind of another angel or, or a paternal i was or... i was i was going to say laura is the right. angel in and of herself well, I mean, there's that, but the what what what's the connection with Cooper then? Because he's definitely he's got his hand on her in a you know calming manner. Laura, uh, I think a supportive manner. Um, mm-hmm. I think that they're 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 each other's angel. I right. think I, I think there's a connection to the idea of uh, of uh, Laura is also Cooper's salvation at the end of the day. Yes, yeah, um, I agree with that. Uh, that uh, and that's what I mean is that Laura is sort of everybody's salvation. Mm-hmm. And that's why she's the target. Yeah, uh, that's why Bob wants to destroy her. 
Um, but yeah, so the idea is that Laura makes makes the lives of everyone she comes into contact better, uh, right. whether or not that's a physical contact or a metaphysical contact in the case of Cooper. Um, it certainly gives him drive. Or at least ultimately, better in the long run. I mean, because she... Ultimately, Cooper can't... <laughs> at the end of the day, Cooper can't figure out Twin Peaks and probably no. never will. No. Um, he fucks it all up by the end of season three. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he fucks it up or do you think it's just... Do you think it's just a, a progress? Um, I feel... He hasn't solved it. Well, he hasn't solved it. If if we're going to talk about you know the ending of season three i i really feel that that is i said that you know this would be in firewalk with me would be the good ending um yeah. season two would be the bad ending and this would be the neutralish ending i guess mm-hmm. um but i really feel like like the plus minus ending, like yeah, you, you, know, you but beat the I bad really guy, but you're like the Silent Hill. Uh, you beat the bad guy, but your daughter's still dead, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, but I really feel like um, <clears throat> in season three, Coop, you know, fucked up uh, by trying to save Laura, by trying to you know white knight Laura, um, and he can't. It's it's the damage was already done. He can't. You know, the only way to save Laura would be to come out of the black lodge when she was like 10 mm. and and get her away from leland or, or kill bob at that point because by the time you know even in the weird twin peaks you know time streams when he learns of laura the damage is done you can't take away years of abuse from somebody just by getting them out of the situation no um you cannot do that damage it's it's just done well, and I feel like I feel like that's where that's where Cooper misstepped in the last episode of season three, where he tries to take her out of the timeline and, you, you know, he takes her out and. OK, her body disappears, but, she, you know, in the final dossier, they're like, well, she just disappeared. Yes, she disappeared. nobody ever found her. Um, Dr. Sam Beckett never leaped home <laughs> right. to, to steal from Quantum Leap. Yeah. Um, but and then they show up at you know that weird reality where it's neither our reality nor the twin peaks reality at the at the laura palmer house yeah cooper is not even cooper yeah right cooper's not cooper uh you know it's the lady who actually owns the house in real life but she's a is she a tremond or a chalfont i can't remember which because the, remember. the grandmother goes by both names throughout the series yeah so it's a sign that it's not actually our real world but that last part where he's like, you know, what year is it? Yeah. And then she hears Sarah calling Laura and they just end up that smash cut to black and the scream. I'm like, congratulations. She just remembered all of her trauma again. Yeah. I remember uh, someone told me, uh, uh, a friend of mine and I had a very, very long conversation about Twin Peaks, uh, like a two hour car ride. Uh, And he was describing a, a running theory among people that it was again judy that right. cooper had actually done something right mm-hmm. in the sense that laura was needed to defeat judy right cooper has taken laura to like to a place where judy can't quite win to like a pocket dimension yeah and yeah and i think i've fight, heard that yeah. yeah and so like the the actual real fight's coming Right. But for but, now, but here's the thing. It's never about it's never it was never we're not going to talk about Judy. It was yeah. never about Judy. It was about 
it's about Laura. It's about yeah. Twin Peaks. It's about love. It's about damage. It's about loss. It's about you know. And I I can't help but think that that David Lynch, with this, was giving a commentary on the TV series, sure. uh, with Fire Walk with me. Um, I would have liked to have seen uh, Mr. Frost uh, work a little bit more on this on this film, but I guess he was doing other stuff, or, or mm. they had to patch things up. Yeah. Um, but and then season three was almost a commentary on television itself and, and how it's changed over the years. Yeah. Um, but I can't I can't help but thinking that that Dale just you you can't kill two birds with one stone. Mm. He, which is what you know he says when he in season three the message was you know if if I disappear I'm trying to kill two birds with one stone you can't do that it's not possible right you can't stop Judy and you can't take away you know I, I want to call her this little girl's pain because she's little comparatively to Dale Cooper or to whoever mm. it's fire walk with me had the good ending is what I'm saying um, sure sure because it's inevitable. I mean, it's by the time we meet anybody in Twin Peaks, it's it's been it's a well, done deal. Yeah, and I still feel like that's something that 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 is the result of being made twenty five years later. Absolutely. I mean, I I think uh, I've told this to a friend of mine many many times before they even announced uh, the return was even coming back. I remember uh, finally getting through like all of Twin Peaks and all of and Firewalk with Me and and I really kind of getting it. And talking to a friend of mine who was a fan of the series and saying, uh, uh, and I kept thinking over and over again, and I said it to him at a bar one night, I was like, Hawk is going to save Cooper. Right. And Bill, and my friend Bill was like, what do you, what do you mean? And I said, well, uh, Cooper says it to him when he's leaving at the end of season two. He says, uh, if I'm ever lost, I hope you're right. the man to find me. And Hawk says, I will be the one to find you. Right. Like uh, that, you know, um, and uh, and so I'm like, I believe that if season three had occurred mm-hmm. as planned, it would have been the Twin Peaks Sheriff's, Sheriff's Department would have yeah. found Cooper. Good and idea. that would have been in something else entirely different than what we got. Um, uh, that's because, a, you know, season three is all about getting back to Twin Peaks. Hmm. 95% of it doesn't take place in Twin Peaks. Ninety. No. Uh, 90- 90% of it doesn't have, you know, the the Dale Cooper that we know and love. Yeah. Um, and it's debatable whether we ever get that. Yeah. Um, uh, you can't go back. You can never go home again, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so far walk with me, um, I guess that at the end of the day, I mean, can is this movie successful? Because... And, and what, I think, what I mean by I think that on its is, own terms it is, but I don't think it was successful with audiences because it wasn't what anybody wanted. Well, what I mean is though, like uh, for example, what we had talked about this when we didn't record. Um, I I waited for my girlfriend to go to bed to Wait. watch this movie because she had never seen Twin Peaks. Oh, she'd be lost. Yeah, I'm lost, but, and I know it. Right, and so that's what I mean. It's like, is this movie <laughs> successful? Because I don't know if it stands alone, and a no. film should stand alone. No, oh, if like, it would if it would have been the the Chet Desmond story, yes. Hmm. Uh, if it had just been about Laura Palmer's last seven days on Earth, yes. But putting Chet Desmond in there, putting uh, Cooper and you know Albert and and Gordon in there, putting the Lodge in there, hmm. 
no, you'd be lost if you never saw Twin Peaks. I actually had a friend of mine who went, who decided to go watch Twin Peaks for the first time, like last year. And he had posted on Facebook, like how, what order should I go in? I'm like, you need to go in the order that it happened. Uh, yeah. That, that it aired. I'm sorry. Not that it happened. Because yeah. um, he was like, should I watch Firewalk with me first? I'm like, do not do that. Yeah. Do not. I did First that. of all, you'll be, yeah. you'll be lost and it'll ruin, you know, the surprise, I guess. Yeah. I don't know how you want yeah, to call uh, it. I did that like in high school. Um, luckily, I didn't retain the information. Right. I tried. Uh, I, well, that was the thing in high school. When we were in high school, that was the easy one to get a hold of. Yeah. Fire walk with me. You could you could rent at the video store. Yeah. Up until I can't remember what what station ran those. I had a friend who had them taped on VHS, and I borrowed them. Yeah. Um, so I'd watched them most of them mm-hmm. the right way. But yeah, like for a while, like Fire Walk with me was the only Twin Peaks you could really get your hands on. Yeah, yeah. I remember in high school, I did a, I did a David Lynch run of everything I could rent at the video store. Right. And I watched, so I watched Fire Walk with me. Um, barely, barely even aware. I think there was a TV series. Right. Um, and uh, and I had no fucking idea what was going on. Oh. Um, and uh, to the point where I made like, I remember a friend of mine in high school, uh, another Nastasia, which you you know, right. she's been on <laughs> our show. Um, was like, you know, she for like a week after I watched the movie, she kept going, like, I am the arm. And I was like, right? <laughs> what, like and I was like, what does that even mean? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what does that even mean? And then, of course, you radio signals. Yeah, you watch the show and then you're like, oh, actually, there's there's some logic here. Right. But um, but yeah, I mean, like I so I watched the film on its own then. Um, luckily, again, like I finally watched Twin Peaks a couple of years after high school, watched the show. It came out on right. DVD and a roommate of mine bought it. And I remember watching the first season and getting hooked very, very quickly and um, watched it. And I remember being pissed at the end of season two. I was like, but that's it. There's no more right. weeks. And then I was like, well, I, there's fire walk with me, but that doesn't really advance the story any, except it kind of does. Any black, any black burns there in the bed says right. Cooper's in the Cooper's in the lodge, right in your diary. Um which, like I said, again, I think the idea would have been if there was a third season, Hawk would have found right. the missing pages of the diary right. and known he, how to he, find him. You know you know who was the last page of the diary, though? Carrie Page. Mm. They but found yeah. four pages in season three, and there's still one more page missing. And then at the end, it turns out <laughs> Carrie Page is Laura Palmer's other world uh, version uh, uh, that was a dad joke he put in there apparently yeah the last missing page well that's the thing there's unofficial versions ever since the beginning yeah. really if you think about it because um they had the international pilot that was cut you know that had a different ending it had like you know eight different minutes of footage where it had an actual ending to yeah, they, they the just, mystery. They mur- yeah they just killed bob yeah right bob got shot in the basement of the hospital yeah and, you know the the red room stuff was uh was just you know the future it was it was just a postscript they put in there and these like you know there's always been weird versions of these things yeah. i'm saying yeah. yeah yeah but yeah it's a it's it's a remarkable remarkable show the fact that it, yeah. that it is what it is watch twin peaks watch this yeah. watch more twin peaks yeah <laughs> that's basically Maybe. yeah yeah Maybe 20 years later, you'll think you have an idea of what it was about, and then you'll go to record a podcast on it, and you'll realize that you just, you, nope, still don't know. <laughs> yeah. No one will ever know everything. Nobody will ever really know, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I guess... But the, fu- the fun is the discussion. Yeah. 
the fun the fun's at the discussion with David Lynch. You know, it's. Um, I remember after one the last return, thing. I remember. Oh, sorry, after, go ahead. I was gonna say I remember when the return ended, and uh, and and uh, you had you made some sort of comment on social, comment, uh, on social media, and uh, and I had, uh, and you were like, it's it's funny how many people on my uh, David Lynch like fan group apparently expected David Lynch to stop being David Lynch. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. like it was like, this didn't explain anything. And you were like, you expected to explain anything? Like, right. did you expect any concrete answers? I mean, there are answers. Yeah. Uh, there was are a little thing. Yeah. Right. There was a little thing in an interview on the disc where they talked to the guy who plays Jacques Renault, and I can't remember the, mm. the actor's name, and I'm sorry, mm. uh, who plays the Jacques triplets <laughs> um, yeah. there's like what two or three of them now yeah, apparently a couple of them yeah yeah but he 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 had mentioned um walter thought, yes yeah. uh, he had mentioned you know when when he got his lines for like i am the great wentz and i'm as blank as a fart and he asked david lynch he's like what does this mean and david lynch is like well what do you think it means he's like all right <laughs> It seems to be as far as they'll go into it with anybody, apparently. Yeah. The the joyous figure got what it means to you. Right. That's that's where I'm at. So final thoughts? What are we? Oh, I, I don't know. I think we covered as much of it as we possibly can. Uh, right. uh yeah, it's 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 a remarkable show. It's it's a really strong film. I mean, we didn't get too much into the actual nitty-gritty of uh of how the film is photographed or right. uh, or designed, um, it do, does it it drags a little bit here and there. I think it, it's yeah. it's a, it's a bizarre film, um, but uh, it's also we and we I say this I swear to God every episode we've done on David Lynch I'm like this is a pretty straightforward version of him if you really think about it. Yeah, if you take out the the postscript stuff and you know maybe the some of the black lodge material like this is a really just you know like it says it's the last week of laura palmer's life <laughs> it's right yeah it's the end yeah, it, yeah. It, it's and ultimately that's what the story is it's a story about a teenage girl who is at the end of her end of her life i mean it's about right. trauma it's about abuse it's about uh self-death you know, she has, uh, you know, there, there's a character here who is just at the end of her life and there's no one that can help her. You know, um, all she has. I'm glad. Yeah. And I'm glad that David Lynch was able to get this done. I mean, yeah. uh, he did come back and reclaim Twin Peaks by the end of season two. Uh, but this is really feels like to me like he's taking it back entirely. Yeah. Um, I there's a lot of people and sometimes I find myself doing that as well. Like not giving Mark Frost credit for, for what he brought to the table uh, or hating on Mark Frost because he was put in the impossible situation of running a show that they've destroyed. Yeah. Um, the, the network killed the show by killing, you know, as David Lynch calls it, the golden goose uh, of solving Laura Palmer's death. Yeah. And, you know, Lynch walked away at that point. I'm not sure if it was right or wrong of him to do, but I, I get it. And he was able to come back and, and take it back for himself. And then later on, 25 years later, we get the real return of him working with Mark Frost again on it. Yeah. And, and, and arguably some of uh, Lynch's absolute best work is in that season. Mm -hmm. The return. Definitely. Uh, and then some of it is not. 
But um, right. uh, I have very, very mixed feelings. You're, you're not, a, not a fan of Wally Brando? <laughs> I can't even remember which one Wally Brando My, Michael Michael Sarah uh, playing uh, Lucy and Andy's uh, son. <laughs> oh, actually, that, I thought that was cute. Um, yeah. uh, I, I was more like, wait, there's a green magic glove. And uh, I didn't, yeah. you know what? I didn't care for the Dougie Jones shit. Uh, it, it went on a little long. I, yeah, it, yeah, I would have. I've been like three episodes fine, but this thing went on and on and on and on. And I was like, all right, yeah. I just want I want Cooper to go back to weeks and deal with shit. Uh, I was one of those guys. Same, um, same, and you know, it took me a while to. I think the point where I realized what Twin Peaks season three was was when they brought out James in the Roadhouse to play just you. And I'm like, oh, I get it now. I get it. Uh, you're fucking me, with us. For me, that uh, the, the one of the things was um, the episode that was almost the perfect game, mm-hmm. and then in the middle of it, there's Nine Inch Nails, and I went, "What the hell? Right. What yeah. the hell, man? Uh, right. You were bowling an absolute perfect game in the the absolute pinnacle of your surrealistic." Well, no, no, because that that happened before he, he they went into the blast, though. That's what I mean, though. They, they right. were doing that, and then they were like, "Okay, in the middle of it, there's Nine Inch Nails, and then there's the other shit after it." Right. And I'm like, "What the hell was Nine Inch Nails here?" Like, right. but okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, but but go back and listen to the song. Listen, uh, look at the lyrics, and tell me that it doesn't fit perfectly. It's like it was written for that episode. Yeah, but I, it probably was. But I don't. I still don't need a five minute Nine Inch Nails. Performance. No, I mean, I never quite understood the Roadhouse performances in season. Two. I, I didn't mind them at the end. Oh. I, I was like, yeah. well, sure, um, right. you know. But I, you know, there are little things like that that I. Uh, that, but, and that it, it seemed like, much like a lot of other like a lot of things these days. Uh, it, it felt like it ran too long, right? Uh, I, I feel like the return should have been just ten episodes or whatever, and we're done. Um, but a lot of a lot of stuff does that now. Yeah, uh, you know, like Marvel Marvel Studios does that now. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> what should be a tight nine or ten episodes turns into fifteen, and it's like, or uh, what should be a tight one hundred minutes turns into you know seven years. So do you think that um, Fire Walk With Me would have worked better if they had left all the all the deleted scenes back in it and made it like a three and a half hour long movie? So right now it's a long ass movie to begin with. It's no, like two no, and a half hours. I, no, um, I think I think Lynch I think Lynch knows, and I think we've seen this we talked about it a little bit with Night with Inland Empire mm-hmm. or Mulholland Drive, which is the idea of like, you know, uh, particularly in the Empire where he has like another hour and a half right. of footage. I think Lynch knows what to cut. Yeah, I, I I would agree. Like it didn't make him any friends with Twin Peaks fans. But... No, no, but that's not what we, we no. shit about Twin Peaks fans. <laughs> no, he never has. Yeah, he cares about yeah. he cares about telling his story, right? Um, and he's told a a, a relatively tight mm-hmm. story in Twin Peaks Firewalk with me, right? Um, not tight, maybe not quite tight enough, but yeah, um, yeah, I feel like the places where it where it works the least is the places where it actually has to do the uh, connections to you know, what, what we've heard before about Laura Palmer's death. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's little parts where what I find funny is the stuff I find the most interesting is the stuff that probably should be cut. And such as? Uh, 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 the agent Desmond stuff. Uh, oh yeah. The, I'd watch a whole movie of that. I, yeah. The black lodge stuff. It. All that stuff is the stuff that interests me the most. And it's actually the stuff that in terms of telling the story is what's absolutely does not need to be there. 
uh, as you pointed out, like this should be probably should be this just the story of Lori Palmer. Uh, and then, but instead we've got 25 minutes before that of a bunch of shit that doesn't really matter to that story. Um, so yeah, I mean, in terms of tightening things up, it probably shouldn't even be that it should have opened up probably with, uh, Twin Peaks theme, mm-hmm. uh, the town, and then, you know, Laura Palmer goes to school. All right. Uh, but instead we've got agent Desmond, we've got, uh, you know, Teresa Banks's murder. We've got, uh, uh, you know, David Bowie yelling, nonsensically in an office right. uh you know and all that stuff is the stuff that i like the most that's same, all same. i'm really into but uh it's it but in terms of actual storytelling it's probably the stuff that probably should have been jettisoned yeah and that's those are the parts that if you haven't <laughs> already seen the show you'd be lost in yeah because if you dropped all that stuff you know you've got a good story a terrifying story about a girl you know dying <laughs> yeah and 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 even if you didn't understand the show, you would be able to track the metaphor, right? You know what Bob is. Bob would just be something entirely different. Instead of Bob being a canonical entity that we understand as something else, it right. would you would just become a metaphor. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I mean, yeah, could he have tightened this film up? Absolutely. Like um, that, every one of his films could probably be tightened up. But yeah. All right. So. Uh... You want to take us out sure uh so yeah once again uh everybody thanks again for listening uh hopefully this episode has been uh uh interesting enough we it's right. been it was i i think we we're a little bit scattered this evening but yeah it's uh, hard not to be when you're talking about all of twin peaks in one episode that, that in full disclosure we are we are recording this in like the middle of the day of night right like, it's very very late um but yeah, it's uh, but yeah, it's always a pleasure to uh, to to do these episodes, and we we love doing it. Um, and we've really enjoyed David Lynch's work. We're both huge fans. Yeah. And, um. Uh. Hopefully, we'll be able to visit more of his work later on in the future. Um, starting uh, next week, we've got uh, or like in two days, we're starting uh, we're starting our guest choice thing. We're doing that for like eight weeks. Yeah, anything goes, guys. Uh, anything goes. Our guests are choosing. Yep. Um. We are. Uh, we've got. Uh, we're going from a very, very smart film to a very, very stupid film. Yep. Um. So uh, that will be fun. A great um, stupid film. A, 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 a profoundly stupid film. Yes. Um. And it's, uh, so, it. If it, it's. Uh, it's been described by the person who made it, and I won't won't steal it as a moron movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it absolutely is. Yes. Um. But yeah. So. But this has been a blast talking about David Lynch. Uh. It's. It's been. Uh, it'll probably be a little while before we get into anything this heavy. So, right. uh, so thank you for indulging us. Um, and uh, as for you, yeah, you could you could say these episodes have been uh, self indulgent, just like David Lynch's films can be self indulgent. <laughs> we're, we're yeah, we're metal like yep. that. Um, yep. But uh, but thank you very much for listening. Um, as always, I am uh, I am Nathaniel, and I'm Sam Al. We'll see you again in 25 years, <laughs> or or 25 <laughs> or next. Um, yeah. But uh, but uh, thank you very much again for listening, and uh, we appreciate all the any uh, shares, retweets, uh, comments, anything you want to talk to us about. Um, and uh, with that, uh, we will say uh, keep it positive, keep it constructive. Love yourself, love your fellow horror fans, love your fellow David Lynch fans. Uh, looking at you, Twin Peaks stands. Uh, don't be dicks. And uh, thank you very much. Good night. And I am the arm.